What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 170. I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. It'll be a little bit of an interesting night. Ryan has been busy with softball for his daughter and has not uh, kept up too much on hockey. Uh, but there is stuff to talk about tonight. We do have some prospect talk in William Wallander and Simon Edmondson. We're going to talk a little bit about Sebastian Cosa, an award he could possibly win we're also going to talk about the Red Wings that are going to the World Championships. Oh. And we are going to talk a little bit about Alex Nadelkovich if we do have time. But how are you guys doing tonight? You shabby. This is the first relaxing night I've had since like Tuesday a week ago. That's a long time. Yeah. It's officially softball season. So my weekend was spent in a hotel and I didn't accomplish anything other than getting a fantastic suntan line across my face for my sunglasses and my ball cap. And also right around the neck. It's the first burn that. of the year, Ryan. Oh yeah. It's I thought I was going to be burned. I thought I'd be peeling like no other, but I actually am not too bad. So I'll, I'll take it. Gotta, gotta get that base, get the base going. Yeah. I'm just glad I don't burn that. That would be the, uh, the one thing I would say. <laughs> I hate you. I had a very good weekend besides yesterday where I was fucking stranded in Washington, D.C. And if it wasn't for the airlines basically calling the last two flight attendants in the DMV area, I wouldn't have gotten home until probably this time tonight. So I'm very glad and thankful for that person or those two people that decided to drive 50 minutes to Reagan to basically get us to Providence. So. Anyways, I'm doing good. Had a good weekend. Saw the Stars game uh, on Saturday night against Seattle. Got to see Matt Beneers um, play for the Kraken, which was pretty cool. And also got to see Vlad Nemesnikov get the uh, the game winner in the game the other night. Did he tug on his jersey? He did not tug the jersey. He did the little <laughs> oh. uh, one-knee fist pump, and that was pretty cool. Also saw Luke Gledden-Denning. So a lot of former wings, a lot of, a lot of former uh, Wolverines out there as well. It was cool. It's cool. That arena is sweet. Yeah, I have been to the, uh, the arena in Dallas. It is very nice. The worst arena I've ever been to is the arena in Sunrise that the Panthers play in. It is a giant dumpster with what, when I was there, what looked like bowling alley carpet, basically. And I was there for a Lincoln Park concert and it was just not great. We're going to talk. Actually, I want to start the night off with our because we sometimes get caught up in our subjects and we completely miss news that has happened. Simon Edmondson signed his entry level contract with the Detroit Red Wings after Frolunda was eliminated from the playoffs. I needed way more of a build up to that. It was very, very melodramatic. We're going right off the top. He was signed to his three year entry level contract. It's been way more exciting. This is exciting. Simon Edmondson, three year entry level contract. You need to put some like echo effects into that when you when you fix this and like, and like um like explosion sound effects like Sunday stuff. Sunday Sunday down at the expo like we got Toyotathon happening or something, uh, but Simon Edmondson <laughs> is signed to his, rally is signed to his three year entry level contract will be over in North America next year now whether he plays with Detroit or spends some time in Grand Rapids is really up to how he does in training camp. I don't see many situations with the current state of the left side of the defense that he would not make this team not good right now but that's besides the point uh, I, I told Tyler before you hopped on Ryan this is the Detroit Griffins that are currently playing uh Turner Elson's in Kyle Chris Golo's in Tara Hirose is in and Bar- was you, have, you have no left wing on the top line 
The top line is Joe Valeno and Lucas Raymond. There was no left wing on that top line. Bold strategy. Yeah. You think Toronto at this point is just literally playing with like toying with their emotions to be like, huh? It's like no. that, that Geico commercial where he's got the dollar and he's just <laughs> you almost it away it. from him. Oh, <laughs> come on. I want Toronto to lose this game. And the only reason I want Toronto to lose this game is to completely ruin their confidence going into the playoffs. Like they lost to basically an AHL team. Mm -hmm. It'd be amazing. I I think all Edvinson has to do is beat out Jordan Osterley on the left side there. And uh, he should be good for a spot because I think if you go into next season with a Simon Edvinson on your left side, along with a Jake Wallman and a Mark Stahl, I, I mean, that's a far better left side than what we've worked with for 75% of the if season. If Stahl comes back. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. If Stahl comes back, if he doesn't, I mean, then you could play a, I mean, you're going to have a William Wallander who just won U20 uh, player of the year in the SHL coming over to North America. You're going to have an Albert Johansson come over to North America. So there are going to be options on the left side, but it, it, I would think you would try to maybe sign Mark Stahl for one more year. Now, do you think the SHL, NHL change in agreement will affect that at all? I don't think so. It's, I think I'm trying to pull that article back up. Yeah, let me let me grab the tweet. The new agreement basically says that players that are in the SHL should go, like if they're younger players, should stay in the SHL until I believe they're 24. What? Yeah, it, went from 20, it went from 21 to 24, but, to it's, 24. Not like it's, but it's not like it's going to keep them there. Like say the like like the CHL agreement where they're pretty much limited to either the NHL or my or juniors. Oh, so that's what it would be. It would be basically like say Simon Edvinson were to come over to the NHL, he would have to play in the NHL, not eligible for the AHL. And then if he doesn't make the team, he'd have to go back to his Frolinda. That's the catch. Because he's a first round pick, he isn't yep. he's basically exempt from that. So I have the agreement up, the new NHL transfer agreement with Sweden. Mm -hmm. It says new dates for transfers. Signing deadline is June 15th. Signing deadline for players drafted in the same year is July 15th. If a player is signed after the 15th of August and is a first round pick, there's an additional fee of $100,000. Regarding players and assigning them to the AHL or back to Sweden, a player drafted in the first round can be sent to the AHL. If the player has been drafted in the second round or later, the player's former club in Sweden must be consulted prior to being sent to the AHL, which that's a general, I mean, that's just polite to do. If the player has not reached the age of 24, he is supposed to be sent back to Sweden. That was previously 21 years old. If they are drafted in the second round or later and they are under 24, they're supposed to go back to Sweden until they are 24. I would think that if they were going to go to the NHL at any time between 21 and 24, that whatever the NHL team is would call up the SHL team and be like, Hey, we need this guy. We're bringing him over. Throw, we'll throw money in your face or whatever. And we'll bring him over. This is an eight year agreement with the option to be canceled after four years. I don't have a problem with this. I like this because the SHL has proven itself as a good developmental league. I don't think for all intents and purposes that you need the AHL as much when the other foreign leagues have come so far. I mean, it's nice to get all your prospects into one spot and start getting chemistry with them and everything, but the AHL is, is not as good of a league as the SHL. The SHL is a better league. The AHL is going to be more physical. It's smaller ice. It's going to be maybe a little faster paced because they have less room, but 
for quality of hockey wise, the SHL is a better league. So I don't really have any problem with players develop if they're playing in Sweden, developing in Sweden. We saw what happened with Mo Sider with his year in uh, Rogla. We've seen what happened so far with Edvinson. We've seen what happened while uh, Wallander goes to Rogla. They're good developmental leagues, and I have no problem yeah. leaving them over there. No, it, it's I really don't think it's going to be a negative impact because, like like you said, it says it right here. All he has to do if he's under twenty four and not a first round pick, he has to be offered yep. to his Swedish team before they can be sent to the AHL. It's basically a phone call between Iserman and the other club saying, "Hey, we yeah. need." we would like to bring him over and play him in the AHL if they want to. But I mean, history is dictated that Iserman has no problem leaving them in the SHL. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's going to be any issues. I think there's probably concern right now with how many guys the wings have there currently, but guys, I think in the article with Detroit hiking out, I think we touched on this a few weeks ago, like Albert Johansson, he's grandfathered into it. So he, that's a guy that they don't have to worry about being offered back to the SHL yeah. club. So it's going to be more of these newer players in Detroit system. Obviously, Evanson is not someone we have to worry about for that, but maybe a guy like Wallander, of course, names I'm blanking off the top of my head. So to bloom and all of them, we'll have to keep an eye on what that situation is going to be because yes, in, a, in an ideal world, we want them in the AHL next season if at, at a minimum. I didn't see, does that start this season or does that start next I, season? I'm pretty sure it starts this off season. Now I'm assuming that because it actually doesn't say in the article here so that it's a pure it's a pure assumption yeah in the translation lars that it did not say when it started either again mm -hmm. shout out to lars over on twitter you can follow him at lars thorsel l-a-r-s-t-h-o-r-s-e-l-l -L -L on twitter he does a lot of the he big red wings fan does a lot of the swedish translation he's going to have he his started hands a full. swedish podcast too he did he did start a podcast um but he's going to have his hands full pretty soon with all these Swedish prospects that are going to be mm -hmm. making their way through over there. He might as well try to get a, a job with the wings as like an official translator <laughs> or something. Right. Just have him go talk to Cronwall or somebody. Yeah. Get, get in touch with Croner. We, we'll, we yeah. get, we, we'll try to facilitate something here, <laughs> but yeah, uh, his, his podcast is the Swedish winger. If you go to go. his, if you go to his Twitter, it's in his bio, there's a buzzsprout link in his bio nice. where you can go check that out. But we retweet all of his stuff because he does an excellent job with the translations and getting the news out there for our Swedish prospects. Very, very knowledgeable about hockey. Very, very good. But Simon Evanson so far this season, 21-22 seasons, played 44 games for Frolunda. Now the Frolunda Hockey Club, previously the Frolunda Indians. What do you think um, about their new logo? I don't really like I said it reminded me of a soccer logo. Lars responded saying, not really a soccer logo, but it's more European. Yeah. I said it didn't look like a hockey logo, but that's based off of my, how I like my hockey logos to look, I guess. I like to see a thing like a mascot. Yeah. I mean, it's better than the like weird Fs that they had on. You top mean it's better than the logistics company logo they had previously yeah. <laughs> where everyone killed it and they had to have a vote. I see what you're saying in terms of it being more like, Wait, it's like is a it the one with the circle with like the line, the shield, the, the yeah, shield on it. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. I mean, it's it's it'd be a great logo on a hat. It's not the circle with the two F's, right? No, that's the old F one forward F and no, one backwards yeah. F. No, that's the old one that we're like that looks like some kind of it weird looks like shipping something company. We, I won't mention. I think it looks like I said it looked like a soccer logo. I know, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going. <laughs> but that, that's I'm, I, I mean, I like it because I think that would look really crisp on a hat. 
And then it's like also good for like a t-shirt just going with the simple, but again, it does look like a soccer kid. I want to, I want to get something I like from it. Prolunda, like a hat or like a t-shirt or something just to have. I think that would be kind of cool, especially given the fact that the wings have like pumped players out of there the last couple of years. And it's going to continue because there's some guys that are still going to end up being there probably next year. So we should talk to Lars, see if there's a good link. I want to still order my cider Rogla jersey. I still Ooh. need one of those. But back to Edmondson so far this Sorry. season in 44 yeah. games, since Ryan likes to just take us right off track so far in 44 <laughs> games, that, he has two goals, 17 assists for 19 points in the playoff. He has two assists in five games compared to last season, where in 14 game or no 10 games in the SHL, he had one assist. I mean, if you just watch, go watch clips of him. The, he is such a smooth skater. His zone entry is <laughs> phenomenal. He evades pressure. He's patient with the puck, not to the level that Cider is currently, but he's still pa- very patient with the puck. It'll, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his hockey IQ, again, very... Iserman is drafting for IQ, and his passes are crisp. His passes are on tape. He, a lot of his passes reminded me, as a defenseman, reminded me of Jonathan Berggren-style passes which are kind of crazy. I mean, Bergeron, if you've watched any of him play, he's an elite playmaker. That's what he is known for. He's really taking on that Swedish moniker. Yeah, Edmondson has shown flashes of that, and that is why Edmondson right now is up for Rookie of the Year in the SHL. Now, like we said, Wallander has one under-20 player. They do a U-20 player of the year, and then they do a Rookie of the Year. I don't know why. It's weird, whatever. But Edvinson is up for Rookie of the Year. Wallander won U20 Player of the Year. This started a crazy Facebook thing that we can talk about for a little bit. But um, Edvinson, I I, I do in a minute when I get to Wallander. (laughs) Um, But Edvinson so far has had a fantastic season. I mean, and he's all ready to come over here. I'm excited to boost this left side of the defense because not only will it help our numbers, our goal differential will not be minus 81, but I think it'll also boost the performances of people like Ned, maybe Halberg if we keep him on next season with a better defensive run because we saw what Ned did in Carolina with one of the league's best defenses in front of him. If he gets a great defense in front of him in Detroit, and especially if you put a defensive guy, not straight defensive because Edmondson does have that offensive upside, but a better defensive pairing with Heronic, who is the past few weeks been just abysmal defensively. How about a good backup goalie to make Ned not have to play every other night? You might have one. He just hasn't played yet. Yeah. Helber- we'll see. We'll see if Helberg sticks. I think that if you get a good, like I said, defensive partner in Edmondson for Heronic and you just improve that left side, Ned, though most nights, nine out of 10 nights, he's performed phenomenally for this team. I mean, he just got another shutout again. I mean, against the lowly devils, but he's still doing it. He sure. Also did Carolina, but he also did it to Carolina, so he's... They don't ask against who, Ryan. They ask how many. Touche, salesman. Touche. I think it'll help him quite a bit in, in his... Con- not only his play, but also his confidence in the team in front of him. He doesn't have to be so on edge all the time. So I'm looking forward to it. I think next season... With that help on the left side of the defense, whether it is just Edmondson or it's Edmondson plus, 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 that 
you may be inching closer to a wild card spot, if not taking one, depending on how the other teams do, because other teams in our division are going to, some teams are going to slide. They're going to have to off players because of cap. They're going to regress because just age and talent wise and prospect wise. So there is some room for us to catch up next year. And I think Edvinson could be a big piece to that. If he comes out of the gates playing like Cider did. If he comes out of the gates playing like Cider did and like Raymond did, I mean, there's not going to be a choice. I mean, they're, they're going to have to put him on the team just by default. You look at it though. Mario texted me a little bit ago and I just haven't had a chance to respond yet. But one of the things that he touched on, and it's exactly to your point, the wings need blue line help and they need speed on the blue line, which also includes most cider because sometimes it looks like a Mack truck trying to get down the ice and it's not pretty, but you look at guys like Wallander and Edvinson and what they can do in terms of getting up the ice, skating around guys, making space and getting up, like starting a breakout. That's what Detroit's missing. They've got it a little bit. I don't know if it's just speed, but I like, I agree with you with the speed, the foot speed part, but I also like, the first pass is is so important. And I mean, when you only have one or maybe two guys that can do that, I mean, it's just, it's, it's off the glass and out. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you think about what we've talked, the conversations we've had this season, there's been many games, especially early in the season where Detroit had that, but yeah. then the rest of the league caught up to them. Meaning as the season's gone on, Detroit's gotten hurt and slower and it hasn't really gone. And they've also just had bad players back there. And simple as that. The, we what's in the prospect pipeline, what the way Wallander has established himself, the way Edmondson's the high praise that he's been receiving since the start of this season in the SHL and going into last season. You have to make the assumption that in two years that there's him, those two and Cider are your stalwarts on on this D. And then it's okay, let's fill the rest of it around these guys. Hopefully, I mean this is complete best case scenario that no, nothing crazy happens to Wallander. He doesn't fall off the face of the earth, but. I mean, I'd like another a six four guy Wander coming in, and a six five guy Edmondson coming in at this, around the same time. That'd be fantastic. Put them up with six four most cider. Okay. I think the big thing there is that you're looking at going from like a bad defense, like probably one of the worst defenses in the league at at times during the season, and like we pointed out a couple episodes ago, worse than last season, which we didn't think that uh-huh. was going to be possible with the with the emergence of most cider. But a lot of times, Mo Sider has carried the team. I mean, every night he carries the defense, hands down. I mean, and he's best. burned out a little bit right now at this point. Sure. We're in game 80, but that's besides the point. Yeah. I mean, that's neither here nor there on this team, though. But you're looking in two years, three years, if your left side of the defense is Edmondson, Wallander, Johansson. I mean, what what are we doing? Hey. And then your right side, Sider, and then insert name here. I mean, you could move, I mean, all right defenseman on the right side, but it helps. You've still got Jake Wallman who's proved he's an elite skater and can play the game. Not even talk about Hronik. Yeah. I mean, eventually if Hronik is your bottom pair, right D, I don't think you have an issue with that. I think the biggest thing with Hronik is, is getting faster and getting that foot speed that you talk about. I don't think he's slow, but I think he could be a lot faster for the age that he is and and the stature he is. I think he should be a lot faster than he is. I I think for him, it's just about getting back and maintaining confidence. I think he was coming tonight with what, seven points in his last eight games. Yeah. Yeah. Points aren't his problem. Does it feel like he gets better as the season goes on? Like every year we talk about this at the end of the season, he's, he's coming on towards the end of the season. It's like, well, you need to find a way to come on as the season progresses. You need to find a way to 
to get to that level at the beginning of the season versus at the end of the season where games don't matter as much. Like if he's going to become a part of this nucleus going forward, I mean, he's got to step forward. And, and I mean, you haven't seen enough of that. I don't feel like. I don't know if it's necessarily the fact that he it's been, he's been slow coming on because I think this year, statistically he's maintained that presence that we would hope we're kind of hoping for, especially racking up the assists again. But again, defensively is where I think he's hurt the team more than anything. Yeah. He, he's been poor on puck retrievals. He's blindly made. Pet. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to point this specifically on him, even though I'm talking about him because the entire defense has done it this entire year. And that's why they're the worst defensive team in hockey. But when he does it, sometimes it stands out. He's got some bad turnovers at key moments that have led to goals against, but it hasn't been isolated to just this season. It happened last season too, as we hit on multiple yeah. times throughout the year. So it's going to be one of those moments where, is he a draft day trade where you gain some more capital and hope for the best? Do you make a hockey trade for him? Just maybe give him a fresh start, get somebody else in on a fresh start. Do the eyes, the eyes are playing magic there, or do you plug him in on your third line? Hope that he improves because he's still what? 25, 24. Yep, he's no. young. He's still, yeah, young. he's not, he's still, he's coming into his prime years. So you really need an advancement from him. If you don't, he hits that UFA time, then I think that's where you cut your losses. But they because they can't just walk away from him now because they don't have anybody else to replace him with. And going into free agency, it could be too costly. I think the biggest thing that you could see going forward is, is like you said, maybe a draft night trade where you know one team kind of gives you something similar to what you have in Heronic that maybe needs a fresh start, and you know you you kind of do like you said a hockey trade, a one for one, or maybe a one for um, heronic and a draft pick and you get somebody that's that you could think would be a little bit better or a little bit heronic younger. for Travis Dermott. There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not Travis Dermott uh, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> straight up. Yeah. Straight up. Chick Chicken needs yeah. a new start. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> he doesn't want to play at Arizona state university. They're all high skin in for, um, for yeah, uh, fresh start. There you go. For yeah. Totally. Totally going to fly. I'll talk to my people in Dallas. There you go. I think the people jumping on the Heronic as garbage train, though, are doing it a little too quickly. I, I've seen a lot of that. Heronic uh, is trash. Drop him now. Trade him. He needs to go away. Uh, I think that's happening a little too fast. I think that Heronic, the second half of the season has been, like I said, bad defensively. Heronic is an offensive defenseman. He's proven it time and time again. He's one of the top point getters on the team. And that's that's not going to change. I think if you put him, say you bring in an Edvinson next season, who is good defensively, and you put him with Heronic, and Heronic is still this bad, and the lapses are still this noticeable, then maybe you start thinking about trading Heronic. But I don't think you, I don't think you trade him this season because going into next season, what you would replace him with on the right side is not going to be good. So we don't. Well, it depends we, on what you get back in the deal, though. I guess, but why is a team going to trade you a good right-handed defenseman to replace him with Philip Ronick? Yeah, that's fair. I'm just saying, I mean... If a team comes to you and offers you good picks and prospects, then then do it. But the way he's playing now, I think you're you're going to be selling yeah. him low. Yeah, it, it's tricky because I pulled up hockey ref just to see how things looked. I mean, statistically-wise, his first half was actually better than his second half. No, uh, I guess he did. He did miss a few games in there. So his first 41 games, he had 22 points, four and 18. 
And then the last 35, he said one and 14. So I guess it's, it's pretty damn close, but I don't know. I mean, offensively it's there. I don't think, I mean, you know that you can throw him on the power play and that's the great aspect of him because he's a righty, but Cider's taking that over. You got to expect that with Evanson coming in, he's taking over the left shot D on the second power play unit, ideally. So does he become expendable? Because he's, is Hronik going to be a shutdown guy on your, on your penalty kill? Uh, no, actually, Hronik should not be on the penalty kill. That is one of my there big issues right now, is he should not be there. So you've got that scenario. And then you've also got, if you're, sh- you're going to shelter him on third pair of minutes, I mean, he's averaging right now on the season. Let's see. Let me go back one real quick. And he is still up there at why is everything so hard to find when you don't when you want to find it? <laughs> 22 minutes that he's he's getting 22 minutes a game right now. That's a lot. That is only behind average time on ice, most cider. Of course, yeah, because he's your middle pair right defenseman. Most mm-hmm. cider's your top pair, he's your middle. I, I would like to lower that a little bit. If if cider wanted to, most cider would play 30 minutes a night. And he's had, oh, totally. there were there are nights where his shifts, he's had like three minute shifts, Ryan. Mm-hmm. They put up, sometimes they'll put up the shift timer and it'll be like Mo Sider, two and a half minutes. I'm like, the coaches won. The coaches have to hate that. They have to hate someone being out there for like more than a minute. 14 games over 25 minutes. Knowing Jeff Blaschel, Blaschel's probably like, yeah, stay out there. Stay out there. We don't have any other uh, options. But if it was me, I would also be like, please, if you have legs and can move and still do stuff, please stay out there because the people coming in after you are not going to do as well. (laughs) Yeah, or are bad defensively. That's what it is. Like uh, Mark Stahl, great offense, like offensive superstar, apparently. Defensively, not super solid. Hronik, not solid defensively. Gustav Lindstrom started the season good. It's I don't know what happened. Some the whatever wagon he fell off of was not a good one. I'll but, tell you what happened. He went back to being Gustav Lindstrom. You mean like Eminem snapped back to reality? That's what happened with yep. Gustav Lindstrom. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a, a serviceable he's a de- uh, defenseman, third pair defenseman. But I mean, how many of those do we have already? Yeah. Well, you've got Aliu Alevi, who apparently Blashell hates and will only play every 16th game. You've got Jordan Osterley, who is a flex forward, I guess, sometimes. I think he sucks. He's He's not great. Uh, You've got Lindstrom, who Lindstrom is a good bottom pairing slash extra D-man. For the first half of the season. Sure, for the first half of the season. Do you think he's still hurt? Lindstrom? God, I'd hope not. He's been playing like the past, what, month plus? I know, but he, he was playing great until he got hurt and has been garbage since. If he's still hurt, there's a problem because you've got the extra defenseman to shut him down. I'm just saying it, he I know that the wings have been shutting guys down already. I mean, we've lost the captain. I mean, Zadina going out was kind of you can't really do anything about that because his appendix. No, his appendix but, exploded. That's yeah, like, <laughs> that's a different story. But I, I just kind of wonder if he's healthy enough to be out there. But there's still something affecting him overall because he doesn't he's not the same player. Or maybe he's just that fucking tired because he hasn't had a full 82-game season. You don't have to play all righties on the right side. So if he's hurt, you just flex in Osterley on the right side. You picked up Jake Wallman. You have an extra, you've got an extra, extra defenseman. 
So I don't understand if he's hurt and that's the issue, then that's mismanagement. That's big mismanagement. Well, maybe we're having this conversation on Saturday or Monday that Jeff Blaschel has been relieved of his duties as the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. And now we don't have to talk about these things anymore. However, that's a whole different can of worms that I might've just given a lot of people uh, cause an accident or something. Ryan. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to be not paying attention. And just here, Jeff Blaschel has been relieved and they're going to crash into a, a, a berm or something. Then they're going to be relieved. That's going to happen. Oh, wow. I would say that's more possible this year than it has been in the last like four or five years. So, I but, mean, that he gets fired. Yeah. Uh, is it going to be firing or just not your picking contract? up the second year on his contract? Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter if it doesn't, if it means he's not here. Tyler. Like Darren McCarty said, you'd be appalled if Jeff Blaschel was back next season. And I'd be I feel it's the same. Oh, and Darren, if you're listening, your shirt is going in the mail tomorrow. You should receive it on Thursday. Nice plug. I like that. But I mean, do you think that Darren would say something like that, though? Especially, I mean, I know we talked about this last week, I'm pretty sure. Of all the things that we've talked about and seen him talk about and discuss, it's never been so blatant that Blaschel's being either relieved, fired, gone. Yeah. What have you? Darren said the same thing I've said. Yeah, that stirred the pot of, I mean, maybe it helped people realize that things aren't going to happen until the season's over, which, I mean, you should have expected that really from the start of the season. But it's uh, it's, a, it's a hard thing to not think about or avoid. So They're endangering Mickey's life on live TV. They made <laughs> He stood on the edge of the boards to get around to the, where uh, in between the glass, where they do like the commentary down the ice. Mickey's on ice level, but he had to stand up on the boards to a shimmy around the glass to get in the little area. Mickey's not a a spring chicken. And that was a little dangerous, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, but I agree. I agree that I think that Blaschel, I said the same thing as Darren. There is no circumstance. I see where Blaschel's brought back as head coach. No. Even if they wanted to lose out next season to get a shot at uh, Connor Bedard, that you would you wouldn't even need Blashell to do that with the state of the team. So How much do you risk though? I don't think you. I, I again because there's already dipshits out there going after Eiserman already. Point me to them, please. I have not seen anyone go after Eiserman. It's the same ones that we're talking about, Larkin. So it's, it's, oh, that's cool. they want Babcock back probably. I personally don't think that tanking for Connor Bedard is the smart thing to do. No, it's but not. it may be the right thing to do. No, no, it's not. Maybe I should say it the other way around. It would be the right thing to do, but it's probably not the smart thing to do, especially in year what? That would be five of, of Eisenman people would start to question things. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna rub the Darren McCarty bobblehead for good luck. And Wait, you what's gonna there? happen? How'd you get that? This one, I got at a thrift store. I think we talked oh, that's, about it yeah, already. I thought, you got, yeah. I thought you got the new one. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. no, but it, Tyler, the issue is, is that if we do that again, if we are, I don't want to say this bad because this season, if you lessened the blowouts, there wouldn't be such a visceral reaction to this season. Yeah, but. Well, it's the, it's not just the blowouts though. It's the fact that like the matter of like, they get down one nothing or two nothing, and then all of a sudden it's four and five and six nothing. But what? And okay. It, well, that's a your point. Just the score itself. It's the fact that the team gives up after they're down two goals. To counter your point, though, before this Leafs game, what about the last one? 
What about where they came back from like six yeah, one? That's true. Yeah, was it five two after two periods yeah. or something? I think the thing is, if you if the right thing to do was tank for a lottery chance at Bedard next season, at the end of next season, if this record was worse than what it was this season, and you aren't showing improvement, the fan base then starts to doubt Iserman. That's yep. the problem. And that's yeah. what we don't want. Because I I would understand, you guys would understand, but the general population would not understand trying to get a better draft pick, which you really shouldn't do anyways, because then you kind of fuck over your team. Like the guys yeah. in the room yeah. don't want to tank to get Connor Bedard. They want to get better. They're they're coming here. Free agents are going to sign here for the promise of getting better. Like what, what does that say to your captain? Exactly. You tell Larkin, hey, eat shit for a year because we want to get a better player. Larkin ain't going to sit back and do that. I no mean, way. Illich isn't eat either. With how he's played this season? Are you kidding me? Larkin right now is oh, prime yeah. Dylan Larkin. He's not going to yep. sit back for a season and let that happen. You see Raymond in year one overdoing my prediction of 50 points, which everyone called me crazy on. Overdoing that prediction. What does Larkin or what does Raymond get next season? You think yep. Raymond reaches? Uh, no. Here's, here's the question someone asked earlier, and I thought that was funny. I made a funny rookie card for Michael Bunting. <laughs> which was great, but <laughs> so good. someone said, what if you put Lucas Raymond in Michael Bunting's position right now? Is Lucas Raymond at 70 plus points this season yes. playing with Marner and Matthews? Absolutely. Is Lucas Raymond yeah. almost a point per game player playing with, uh, with Marner and Matthews? Yep. So imagine Lucas Raymond next season. Think they move Verona to the top line, Verona, Larkin, Raymond. Should. How tight does that make your pants? Like seriously. Hell, just think if they even if Bergeron comes up and they put Bergeron on that line. Sure, playmaker and Bergeron, Larkin can score. Now that's that's a that's a stretch hope, obviously, to have. But now you've got an, an elite playmaker in Bergeron who's already he's used to things over here now after coming over with Larkin and Raymond. Sure, and Raymond, who is also an elite playmaker, and Larkin, <laughs> and Larkin, and all three have a great shot. Because Bergeron can snipe. If you got a ranked shot, I actually think Raymond's shot is right up there with Larkin's shot. Like Raymond has one of the quickest releases I've seen. Yep. If he would just start utilizing it the way that he can, he'll be a top goal scorer in this team or could be. Yeah, I think think Raymond's trying to kind of do the whole Gustav Nyquist thing where he becomes a playmaker instead of being the goal scorer. Yeah, I don't think so. No. At times. At times. Not all the time. I mean, obviously, he's putting the puck in the net at a pretty good clip this year as a rookie. And, you know, he's had a good year. But I feel like there's sometimes he has opportunities to shoot the puck and he doesn't. Or he'll second guess himself, like try to make a move and then try to shoot. And then, you know, obviously the shot gets blocked or whatever. So, I mean, obviously, that's a he's young still. He still has a long ways to go. But I see some Gustav Nyquist in him where – there's opportunities where he can shoot the puck and he'd rather make the pass instead of shooting. And I think that just kind of comes with confidence, really. Are you guys watching Blasio go fucking ape shit right now over a penalty Cider just took? What the hell just happened? Oh, he said, fucking come here. That's what he said. They called Cider for a trip and he was on the middle of the ice on the ground. Doug Huda is also very confused. How did they call Cider for a trip? Uh, I don't know. These raps are terrible. The state, I think we'll they, talk about in the next they episode. They a trip on this? The state of refereeing is what we're going to talk about next episode because where's my officiating? Where's my officiating has never been worse. Wait, Cider's the one. Did you see what they just called? Cider's the one that fell down. 
So Steven just touched him and he fell. That's if anything, that's embellishment. That's I diving. haven't seen it yet. I'm getting it on my other monitor here. That's diving, if anything. Oh, are they reviewing something? Flash is real mad. Toronto I don't know what the hell that's even a fucking thought of a call. I have no idea. Stevens is like, yeah, excuse me. Let's get this out of here. But I would say with Lucas Raymond, any rookie, any rookie that comes in the league first season, especially on a team like Detroit. Now, granted, Larkins have his career year, comes in and scores 23 goals. I mean, that's beautiful. 56 points on the season for Lucas Raymond, 23 goals, 33 assists. That's phenomenal. And I don't know how you, and he's only going to get better. And I think that's the point. If you try to tank next season, you're going to ruin development. And I can't do that. It's not going to happen at all. You could still luck into it where the team's not good enough. Sure. But I, I think Iserman knows he needs to do things every season to make this team better. Yeah. And he's not going to take a season off just to, oh, so they took Mo out, put Stevens in for the non-trip. That's still a terrible call. This yeah, is so, it is a terrible NHL call. officiating is the most embarrassing thing in yep. all professional sports. Like I can bitch and bone all day about NFL football and how yeah. terrible it is. And Angel Hernandez and how terrible he fucking is at umpiring baseball games. This is the biggest embarrassment to professional sports I've ever seen. That's worse than CONCACAF soccer. It's like having four Angel Hernandez on the ice every night. It, this is utter incompetence. Right. What you have to understand, this is not this is not the referees that, that this this is mandated by. This is by the National Hockey League. They want goal scoring. They want to put teams on the power play. They want goals going in the net. This is what happens. The game is skewed to offense. Why is the league scoring up as power plays are up? They're not up a ton, but they're up enough. And then you have Tyler. teams that are fucking killing three no. and four and five power no. plays a night. No, it, it's I would I would agree with you if it wasn't the same officials that we've seen be complete garbage year over year. No, it's it's a fucking joke. That's still game fixing. That's still game fixing to purposefully put teams on the power play with shit it, calls. Well, yeah, sure it is, but they want the goals up. They they feel like offense sells. Goals are at an all time high, but also complaining about officiating is at an all time high. Oh, I mean, I understand. I understand. I complain about the officiating. I'm just saying, officiating in all sports is extremely difficult, and especially when there's not really much of a gray area anymore, where before there was like, okay, you know, I'm going to let you guys play until it gets egregious. Then we're going to call penalties. Now they want to call everything. They want to call everything. Okay. That's fine. Sure. No, 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 no. Call everything. That's fine. Don't call made up shit. No, don't call everything because you don't want to see what that looks like if they call everything. No, no, call legitimate penalties. No, no, that's the problem, Tyler, is they're not calling everything. They're not calling actual penalties. You they're just watch shit what up. they call a trip. You watch Sunquist get kicked out of a game for a slash that happens a hundred times bullshit. in a fucking game. I'll give you that one. Yeah, that was. These guys aren't calling actual penalties. They're calling complete fucking garbage. I have no problem with them calling real stuff. I have a problem with them looking for things to call and then making shit up. Because that's what's happening. Who, you know who what? Do you you want to call real stuff? That? You want to call real stuff? Call the 43 fucking missed boarding calls on the Red Wings this season. Call those. Who, who do you think's mandating that? Let me ask you that. No one. No that one's mandating fucking anything. League. No, it's the problem is that no one's no one is paying attention to it. No one fucking cares. That's the problem. No I one cares. In a perfect world, and it, obviously it's not a perfect world. You would you would call the 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 NHL and hockey in general. You call egregious slashes. You call egregious trips. I mean, obviously, a trip on a breakaway rule book. I understand, but there's a human element to it. 
You can't I get that. call everything. Tyler, we're past that point, though. Yeah. Because they're not calling actual penalties. Yeah. No, they're calling bullshit that they're they think they saw. They're not even calling the, the ones that are a penalty. Like, Tyler, like Greg just mentioned, we're not seeing boarding calls being called. We're not seeing the crackdown on cross-check that they say they're going to do. We're seeing these weak-ass slashes where guys will reach a stick out. We're seeing a guy get kicked out of a game for a slash that happens 100 times a game. We just saw a fucking penalty called for a trip where the guy hit him in the hip and he fell over. Yeah, that was, yeah. But I'm not saying that officiating. And they first originally called a guy that was on the ice. Christ, it's, it's <laughs> fucking terrible, man. I'm not saying that the, the, the refing is perfect, but I will say one thing too. And, and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I was looking at officials in the NHL. There's a lot of officials in this league right now that started in 2015 and and ahead. So there's some guys that have been refing in the NHL that have started in 2015, 2016, 2017. And there's a lot, there's, I mean, I'm not saying that that's everything, but I'll tell you one thing right now, experience shows a lot. Yeah. And there, there's yeah. not well, a lot of experience. Apparently we yet. need Paul Dvorsky back. We need less Tim Peel is what we need. And that's apparently a lot yeah. of what we're getting. Um, but I do want to talk about a perfect world. If this was a perfect world, a perfect world where everyone had manscaped. Isn't that a great transition? <laughs> no, it was fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Growing out your playoff beard, let that thing loose up top. But our friends at Manscaped are here to help you avoid a jumbo Joe downstairs. The global leaders in below the waist grooming want to save your hockey pucks from a slap shot in crunch time this playoff season. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup. Join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code GRINDLINE. Now, we are, what, two weeks into our Manscaped experiences. Still smooth sailing, for lack of a better word. That is no pun intended. Still smooth sailing. It's pretty good. Again, I am currently, I'm not going to show it on camera because I don't want to NSFW tag our podcast if I do end up getting the video working. Um, But I am currently wearing the boxers. And uh, they hug like your mother. It's amazing. Um, well, uh, okay. I, my mother doesn't really hug around my waist. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip that. Not one. your mother. I've never hugged your mother. That's a weird thing to say. Oh, yeah, that's, it's uh, like it's kind of weird. It's a, it's as gentle as a mother's hug. I think that's okay, that's I'll probably that. a better way of saying it. Their, their shirt and their boxers are incredibly comfortable. Oh. But what's more comfortable is definitely the razor. Yeah, it or, is awesome. Or the the clippers, if you will. So no, no, I, it's the lawnmower 4.0. Waterproof, four hundred K LED spotlight with the light. Because we all oh, know yeah. bathroom lighting is fucking terrible. The spotlight does wonders, and it, it is also waterproof. So shave in the shower. Showers are also generally darker, and uh, that spotlight does help you out when you're there. Also, the weed whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer included in the package, also waterproof, skin safe technology. Again, we talked about last week. Nose hair trimming fucking blows. This thing makes it, I mean, as easy as it's ever been. Uh, you will not have an easier time. And then you follow up your Manscaped with the Crop Reviver, a spray-on toner for your family <laughs> jewels made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extract that will give your balls a boost. What that really does, and I asked my wife, because I don't know what a toner is. I'm completely oblivious to this. Apparently, it helps prevent ingrown hairs. Ingrown hairs also fucking suck. So use yes, the toner. Go to Manscaped's website, <laughs> use promo code GRINDLINE. You get 20% off plus a free shipping. Again, with the code GRINDLINE, 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. 
Don't be a goon fighting your bush with the wrong trimmer. Choose the right tools for the job this playoff season with Manscaped. Awesome stuff. The guys over there are awesome to work with. We love them. And uh, go on, order yourself some stuff. Like we talked about last time, they don't just have trimmers and stuff like that. They also have soaps and shampoos and body washes and all that fun stuff that actually smell really good. Go get yourself some Manscaped. Again, promo code GRINDLINE, 20% off plus free shipping. What I want to get to tonight, though, before we got completely sidetracked for a very long time, I want yeah, to that's talk my bad. a little bit about William Wallander, who uh, there was some discourse on Facebook because he won this U20 Player of the Year award that he's better than Edmondson or more, more finished than Edmondson. And I told everyone to shut the fuck up because that's not true in the least. If you've watched the two of them play, Edmondson is a much more finished product. Edmondson is better offensively. He's better defensively. His situational awareness is better. His hockey IQ is better. Now, not saying that Wallander is bad, but Wallander does have some things to work on. Wallander has some situational awareness he needs to work on. He has some defensive stuff he needs to work on. This is his first year in the SHL with Rogla, same team that Mo Sider played for. What a coincidence. Yeah, nothing but apparently super high praise for the coach of Rogla for developing these players. He has four goals, 15 assists for 19 points. In the playoffs, he has one goal in 13 games. They were just eliminated today. So I would think that his contract would, he would it hasn't come yet. So unless, I guess, Iserman's up real late talking to Sweden, which is possible because they're with way different time zone, I would guess that the Wallander contract comes tomorrow. That would be my guess. Now, they did say Wallander will most likely be in North America next season, along with Johansson and Edmondson. But again, that is another piece that can shore up the left side of the defense where we have our biggest gap right now. I will tell you, he is not better. He is not better than Edvinson. Edvinson was picked that high for a reason. Hey, if he is, I'll fucking take it. Sure. Because I'll eat you know my what? Cake. That means there are two diamonds right there on that blue line. Great. Beautiful. If he even plays to a level remotely close to it or, or the sort, like, you know what? If people want to have it, and he is, that's great because Edmondson's not going to be bad. William Wallander, six foot four, 190 pounds. He has a little bit of filling out to do. I at six four, he should easily be able to push 215 as a defenseman. No problem. Big guy. They the reason that he was drafted in 2020 round two, number 32 overall. The reason he didn't go in the first round was because they said all the like they like to say, and and Tony could probably back this up. The toolkit is there. Can he put it all together? And that was the big question. Now, this season, I think he won U20 Player of the Year because he is the most improved. He started out in the J20 National Team where he played seven games and had four points, was bumped up to Rogla, and since then, his ice time kept climbing. This last game, I don't know if you were on when I talked to Tyler about this, this last game, their elimination game, he played 32 minutes. That's a lot. That is it, very it's much a lot. A lot. It's a lot. He has er clearly earned the confidence of the coaches. But I think the thing is, is that Frolunda is a weird team. Frolunda likes to value vets. We saw that with Lucas Raymond. He did not get very much ice time as a young kid. I think the same thing. Now, Edvinson did also increase in ice time. I think Edvinson was averaging over 20 minutes a game. Johansson had lower ice time. Uh, when he was playing. And a lot of people say, well, the more ice time you get, the more your coaches trust you. And I would say in the NHL, sure, that's true. 
In the SHL, I think it's very team dependent. And Rogla seems like the kind of team that likes to give guys that are performing well more time, a lot like the NHL does, which I think is where Wallander is finding a lot of success. And I wouldn't really call him a diamond in the rough because he was a second round draft pick, like high part of the second round, number 32 overall. If he is above his his timeline, because I thought maybe he might take three, four years to make it to the NHL. If he makes it to the NHL, if he gets playtime next season, that's very, very good. That's very good for an Iserman draft. And again, he's a left shot D, something we need. That's why I'm very, very excited about him. Everything that you just mentioned, we, we talked about it earlier. And it's just like, dude, him and Evanson are two of your top guys. And we're not even touching on what they could potentially bring in via free agency because you know that they're going to have to. You need that veteran presence and guys that are skilled back there. That's where Mark Stahl fits in perfectly. Oh, defense. I mean, uh, defensively, I'm sorry. Like, that, I mean, Trocek, yeah, fantastic. That'd be great. He brings a skill that they don't have. But, like, they need it. They're getting younger. They keep getting younger, but they're getting talented. So it's just a matter of when that yeah. happens. If he comes over next season, like that, this is where, like, what's his contract situation coming in? I, did you mention that earlier? I was, I got side. He is unsigned right now because they were here. just, they were just eliminated from the playoffs. So I'm assuming that the contract will come tomorrow or the day okay. after. No, I meant, it'll, it'll I meant for, soon. no, I meant in the SHL side is, is, is the contract situation cleared over there? Is what I meant. Oh, it, that wouldn't matter. Hopefully. No, I think a lot of times players like that sign single year contracts. If he signs with the Red Wings, because he's a draft pick is still property of the Red Wings. And right. generally, yeah, I, I don't think a SHL contract would, would matter over there, but I can see if there's a way to check SHL contracts. Uh, that's, I was actually thinking about tweeting that at Lars earlier when the, the debate was going on about how that was that, like being handled in, in a sort. So anyways, so I, that's something that it's worth looking into or we just wait to see what happens. We probably ask Max, Max, he would know. And my thoughts on, on Wallander, I mean, anytime you can get a guy that is six foot four, I think it says 195 or 192 pounds. He could probably put on a little bit more. I mean, the fact that he's six foot four and he can skate, I mean, that that in itself is just something that obviously the Wings defense could use. Yeah. If he plays in the NHL next year, that's a huge win for Eisenman. If he plays in the NHL and is an impact player, I mean, that's a win for Eisenman regardless whether it's next year or the year after or what have you. So to me, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because I mean, this is just another guy that if he, if they hit on him can beat up the rebuild even further. Yeah, I would agree. I just don't agree to the people saying he's better than Edmondson. What if he's the same as Edmondson? Uh, and I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying, what if he is the same as Edmondson? What if Edmondson's the same as Cider? Like it what happens? Okay. Well, now you're going to be spending a billion dollars on your defense. But at that point, D-Max says defense wins championships. I'm it going does. to agree with that. If you've got to spend 30 million on your defense, fucking spend on your defense because they're going to win you games. That's the thing. Keep the puck out of the net, make the goalie's job easier. You put a defense in front of Ned. We saw what happened with a defense in front of Ned in Carolina, right? We talked about it earlier. A defense in front of Ned in Carolina gets him an amazing save percentage, takes pressure off him. If you need to spend money on your defense, spend money on your defense. Also, Steve's real good at, at making players take less. I don't know if it's making players take less, but realizing what they have in front of them to make sure that they're yeah. helping the team rather yeah. than if that's if that, if that makes sense. I mean, I know this day and age is different, but I mean, 
and I know that the state tax thing in Tampa and everything like that is, is, is also something that played into a factor maybe Kucherov and Hedman and those guys getting signed for less money. But I mean, he did still get them to stay for less money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, let that oh, yeah. not be a mistake. Which is why I don't think Larkin's going to get nine mil a season or 9.5 mil a season. He might get you know, closer I do to think nine. He should get an eight year deal though. Absolutely. Oh Yeah. Larkin, you lock up for eight, make everyone shut the fuck up. But I think that uh, you could, any other team that was signing Larkin after the season he's had this season in his previous record and his play on the ice, but also his leadership and skills off the ice. I think a lot of teams would give him over $9 million a season, nine and a half, maybe. I think if you're looking at Detroit, I think he's getting eight and a half, eight, 8.25, eight and a half million. Because Eiserman's good at contracts. I mean, that's just what happens. You kind of got to do with with the wings what the Bruins have been able to do. Get Bergeron to take less. Get Krejci to take. I think Krejci was the highest paid player on the team when they were, uh, in you know, in their in their glory years of, of going to the Stanley Cup final and stuff like that. I mean, Chara obviously, but like for the most part, like Pasternak's only making six point six right now. Marshan's only making like seven. When's right that now. contract up? Two years. Uh, they're gonna have money in two years. I think so. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't keep up with their cap situation. They better hope they have money in two years. Well, Bergeron's probably gone. He'll retire. He's on. This is this is the final season of his current contract. That yeah, so they'll resign him. I think him being that and old. Oscar next due after next season. Yeah, for yep. how for how Bergeron is playing, him being thirty six, almost thirty seven. That's very impressive. They've but, they've yeah. been really good. Like if you look at their contracts, like even Charlie McAvoy's not making like an astronomical amount of money after this year. I think it goes to 8.5. Try 9.5. 9.5, okay. You see that 9.5, Tyler? You're looking at Moritz yeah. Sider's future there is what you're oh, looking no. at. 10.5. Well, yeah, because the cap will be up by by when Sider's ELC is done. So you're mm-hmm. looking at that for Sider. You're looking at, depending on Lucas Raymond's next season, you're probably looking at 9 plus million for Lucas Raymond. It's a lot of money, but... Eiserman does cat magic. So before we move on to the last section of the night, I just needed to read a quick message from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But before we finish tonight, because... I mean, we had a jam-packed show to begin with, but we tangent and all that kind of stuff. Sebastian Cosa. Sebastian Cosa is up for WHL Goalie of the Year. That's what it is, right, Ryan? Goalie of the Year. Yep. Yep. Uh, Edmonton Royal Kings this season in 46 games. He has a 2.28 goals against and a 9.13 save percentage in two playoff games. He has a goals against of 0.5 and a 98 save percentage. Those are great numbers. He has And he's won both games, of course. Um, that's a little bit down from 2020, 21, but 2020, 21, he only played 19 games, uh, 19 games with a one, five, seven and a nine, four, one save percentage. Sebastian Cosa after the, 
World Juniors where he was basically snubbed by Team Canada for having bad exhibition games, um, which I still don't think was right. They should have played him. One bad game. One bad game. Yeah. One bad game. I still think they should have played him. He has rebounded very well. And what, he just went goalie of the week again or something, or goalie of the month? Yep. He had two shutouts in their first two playoff games. I think they've played tonight or tomorrow or something. Yeah, he has been very, very solid after uh, getting over his little, his mini slump there uh, post-World Juniors. We'll see what happens. I mean, the the talk was the talk was and will be until NHL level, Kosa versus Wallstedt, and we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, it's exciting nonetheless. People, I don't want to rush him. That's the one thing I think people are trying to do is rush Kosa. They're like, oh. Next season, Kosa could come in and get games as a backup, and I don't think it's so. Not what you do no. as a goaltender. No development. Most goaltenders do not come in until twenty-three plus years old. So uh, Kosa right now, and again, he's a beast. He's six foot six, two hundred and nine pounds. He is nineteen years old. If you see Kosa as a backup at twenty-one, we're doing something right. Um, that means he has outdone his expectations. He could come in for a year as a backup. Ned by that time, uh, 26, 29. And that's okay. If Kosa pushes Ned out and you have to trade him and he's still playing well, I, you'll get more than you paid for him as a goalie in this league, which are hot commodity. I mean, and if, and if he puts on weight, I mean, if you get a Kosa at six foot six, 230, 230 pounds, I'd always said, why don't they just put a fat guy in net? And just uh, like a, a six foot five, 350 pound guy who just takes up the entire net. And there's no gap. The NHL 15 ultimate creative goalie. Like, uh, you know, the commercials. Good, good, good job, Duncan. No sleepies. No, no, no sleepy Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. If they put just the Duncan in net and just have no <laughs> gaps, like the what are they going to do? What? Yeah. Duncan is a wall. Was a guy. The commercial. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I you know who I always think of yelling that line? If you think of Biz yelling that line, like point oh my god, <laughs> point now going, so it's glorious. a walrus, ridiculous. <laughs> I think that I'm like, why didn't they always put a fat guy in net? Because no pucks oh. would get by, and all you'd have to do is sit on his knees the whole game. That probably hurt his knees. Edmonton's playing right now, the oil kings. Coast is uh in the first period. He's faced one shot through 14 minutes of hockey. <laughs> That's some stout defense. He might be on his way to another shutout today. But six foot six, if he could get to 230, 220, I mean, that's that's a big guy. And you know, you saw what uh Iserman did with Vassy in Tampa. I mean, big mm-hmm. goalies win games, they cover more than that. I mean, it's just what it is, especially athletic ones. So you gotta think there's that motive uh, that's a heavy amount of motivation. I mean, granted, oh yeah, he's an NHL prospect picked in the first round. You know the motivation's there. But to see what's in front of him in Detroit, to know what yep. that defensive core could possibly be without looking at guys on the outside of the organization, like, yep. y- you know, the drive is going to be there. But for those that need a reminder, his EP profile says he mixes things up and recovers quickly on rebounds to get in front of multiple shot sequences in order to clear his crease. He's not afraid to use his hands, and he does a good job of covering up pucks before they spring loose for scoring chances. He'll use a wide array of save options to match whatever the shooter presents. And he's shown that. I mean, he is. There, I don't think there's any way he's not in Grand Rapids next season. 
I cannot see a situation where uh, they send him back to juniors because I don't think, yeah, well, a la Michael sure. Rasmussen, who couldn't go to the AHL, Kosa can go to the AHL because he hits the deadline by a few months. So I think that I think that he goes into Grand Rapids and Grand Rapids, I think, loses goalies. Well, they'll have, I mean, they'll have Bratstrom and Kosa. I don't know their situation offhand. Uh, Bratstrom will be there. It'll be uh, Bratstrom Fulcher. and Kosa because Fulcher is going to be in Toledo. Pickard expires after the season, so yep. it, there's Helberg, but he's not going to go to the AHL. No. That's already clear. No. I hope he backs up next season instead of Grice. Kosa, Kosa's on his ELC right now. Mm-hmm. So that slides because he didn't play. Yep. I, I keep seeing us, so I apologize. They got Philip Larson, who's out on loan, Bradstrom, Fulcher. Yeah. Fulcher's only 23. Bradstrom's 25, but all three of those guys are RFA. Bradstrom is arbitration eligible but I doubt anything happens with that. The next season, you've got Kosen Bradstrom. Yeah, or Larson. Nah, I don't think Larson's coming back right now. He's on loan, but I mean, I, I think the fact that they're going to need somebody, and I think Bradstrom has made a guy like Pickard expendable. Who's the other goalie in Toledo? Oh, I knew you were going to say something about that. <laughs> you knew I was going to ask. If you go into next season with a goalie tandem of Bradstrom and Kosa, and Bradstrom... So far, I mean, lately, especially, is playing great hockey. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, there's several guys we're not even talking about, too. Who, like Carter Guylander? Guylander, Ben Nash. Joran Van Pottelberg? Yeah, he's ne- he's never coming, that guy. Well, no, he apparently mm-hmm. recently expressed interest in the North American game. But the thing is, uh, Ethan That's will be very happy that we're talking about. Now he wants to be called Bednar, Jan uh, Bednar. Is it um, our, I mean, we, they keep fucking switching this, this shit up on us. And that makes you me know what? very This upset. is why at this point, I'm, until they're in Detroit and I hear Ken Daniels say his name, I really don't care. I, I don't say, let me, say, let me rephrase that because people yell at me. I do care, but I don't care. <laughs> I do, but way. I don't, I don't for you. Because I'm not going to, I'm not going to figure it out until he's actually up here. And I hear one of the Kens mention it on a broadcast. So Bednar is the one who, oh, just to let everyone know, the goalies right now in Toledo are Billy Christopoulos and Max Milosek. No fucking idea. Uh, who? No, no yep, idea. Exactly. They're in the playoffs right now. Sure. Great. Beautiful. I don't know who the And I think Vulture is actually eligible to go down and play with. So Bednar is the one unsung hero right now of one Ethan. If Ethan, if you're listening, you're welcome. He has had a fantastic season. That is another one that we picked up that uh, if I can pull up his EP profile really quick, he was another goalie that everyone said could be a sleeper. And if he performs well, you can never have too many good goalies. I think that's the thing. You can have a lot of really bad goalies. We saw that with Jared Coro. We saw that with, uh, and I won't say really bad, but Jared Coro was not great. You saw that with Tommy McCollum. Yeah, Tom McCollum. We have historically missed on goalies. Jimmy Howard's probably the last good developed goalie. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, easily. I mean, unless you want to count Morazic, he's serviceable, but. I'm not talking serviceable. He was a complete letdown. Barely. Yeah, barely. So, I mean, if we go into the season in, in Grand Rapids and have a, a pairing of Bradstrom and Kosa. And then in the NHL, you've got Ned and Helberg. Our goalie situation Harry is improving. Sateri. <laughs> Hari Sateri. Um, current Arizona Coyote, Hari Sateri, who tried to Eric be a Maple Conley. Leaf but failed. Like, <laughs> Oh, 
Jonas Gustafson. Jonas oh. Jonas Glastafson. Wow. Monster. No, Jonas Glastafson cool. is what we call them because he was constantly breaking something. How did Thomas McCollum stick around for so long? Like, holy shit, man. They Ken loved Holland. him for some reason. Because Ken Holland draft picks never left. That was the point. How did Xavier Roulette and Ryan Sproul stick around for so long? Where's Xavier Roulette right now? He's playing in Laval with the Rocket, isn't he? Probably. So here's the thing. And I don't want to tangent on this because we're like out of time. But uh, Ken Holland passed that a long time ago. Ken Holland in the last six years of his tenure in Detroit, seven years, really, really, really bad at drafting. Really bad. Like to the point where like Dennis Chalowski and people yell at me constantly for this and say that Blashla is the reason that Dennis Chalowski was not good. No, 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 that was him himself. Dennis Chalowski was the reason that Dennis Chalowski was not good. It's just, he should not have been picked. Michael Rasmussen, though he has markedly improved this season. Very, very good in the second half. Dennis Chalowski is going to be selling used cars in that great, beautiful insurance. He'll be an insurance salesman, Tyler. But, but the thing is, is that Michael Rasmussen picked nine overall. I don't even think was mocked in the first round. It's a reach and it's a reach that shouldn't have happened. And he will ever be marred by the fact that he was picked where he was picked and will not play like that position. But the thing is, is that Michael Rasmussen, like Mickey Redmond said the other night is becoming an integral part of this team because he is using his body. Now he's getting in front of the net. He's scoring goals. He's pushing people over. He's not falling down. I feel like I have to mention that every time we talk about him. He's the most consistent guy that we've had over the last like month and a half. Exactly. Besides he's committed himself as a perfect middle guy. He is yeah. becoming what Michael Rasmussen should be. But is that a number nine overall pick? No, it's not. But should he have been yeah. picked number nine overall? No, he shouldn't. Is he living up to number nine? No, but he should not have been picked there. And you can't be mad at him for that. You can't be mad at him for where he was picked because he did not choose to be picked there. Was he ecstatic to be picked there? Sure. Is he doing all that he can do right now and all that he should be doing? That and more on this team. Now back to Jan Bednash playing in Arcady Bathurst in the QMJ. 2.71 goals against Bednar. 2.71 goals <laughs> against 912 save percentage this season so far. He is 27, 13, and 4. That is up from last season where he played for Katie Bathurst for 12 games, had a 3-6-2 and an 8-9-4. So, I mean, improved very good in the queue this season that no defense league to have a sub three goals against in the queue is very good. I'll take it. And again, the more goalies you have in the pipeline, the better. But leave Michael Rasmussen alone. I'm going to go on my Dylan Larkin stump and just switch it over because Larkin's hurt. You can't be mad at him now. Leave Michael Rasmussen alone. But I want to close it out tonight, you guys. I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off. We didn't have time to talk about Ned besides that he's been very good and has another shutout. So uh, I'm going to go. I'm taking it. You go. Jump right you in. go, Ryan. Damn right. Final thoughts for me. I mean, it, I think the, now the only thing we have to look forward to other than the draft in the lottery, which don't even get me started on the lottery because this is probably going to be the year that we actually somehow win it. And it's still going to be a complete letdown. But now we have the summer world championships to look forward to. So hopefully we see some decent Red Wing representation there, especially from some prospects. I know we got Soderbund playing, I think, is it this weekend in the Czech tournament for Team Sweden? It's yeah. uh, their I think they start the 8th, May 8th, I think, is when the world championship starts. 
Yeah. So these are warm up games or tune up games for world championships. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so he's getting a chance to ideally be on the roster when things. And we'll kick talk off, about so. that more next week too. We'll talk about world mm-hmm. championships next week because it won't have started yet. Yeah. So that's that's an exciting like the summer in that sense is great for Red Wings fans. That's really what our bread and butter is going to be about. Really for since the playoffs, I think start what Monday. Yeah. So now we just get to be sad and hope that teams that we hate like Toronto lose in four. Not great um, for Dylan Larkin but, though, because he's hurt. Nope. Nope. So, but other than that, I mean, it's it's going to be a long off season because now we're back to a normal off season. I guess I should say. We'll try to keep it real. I guess. Sadness. We have one game left tonight. Was just it. It wasn't so great. It wasn't bad, but it was expected. But my computer comes in Friday, and I can finish our thank you video video for the Red Wing social team finally. Ooh, there we go. I think we had a few posts on Instagram to make sure you pull too. That's all I got. Already ran 33. I wasn't done, Tyler. <laughs> no, I'm done. Okay, now it's yours. My, yeah, my final thoughts are to be, I'm just looking forward to the playoffs, looking forward to the draft lottery just to see how we get pork this year. So, <laughs> I mean, basically at this point, I mean, I'm just looking forward to the offseason, really. I mean, been watching a lot of baseball, getting ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like I said, I mean, I like the world championships. Now that I work from home, I'll be able to have that on while I'm, you know, doing my work and stuff. So definitely look forward to that. Um, you know what, Tyler, I, I agree. I think the the fan base is really sleeping on the off season. This is going to be a really, really interesting off season. It's so, yeah, I mean, like, like the last couple of years have been like, okay, let's see what they're going to do. I think this year they're, they're not going to push all their chips in, but I think this year is going to be the year where you see Steve Eisenman go out there and grab a free agent. Well, there's I a think lot of decisions to make too. That too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of situations that can be had. Uh, and, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of decisions to be made. There's a contract extension for a captain that needs to be done this summer. There's a lot it of things. can be done this summer. Yeah, I mean, it has to be done. I, to be I done would do it. If you're a smart done. man, you do it. The, the other thing to look forward to is I think what we talked about at the beginning of this uh, podcast, I'll reiterate uh, – I think that we're going to finally get that tweet at some point uh, within the next week or so where Jeff Blaschel has been relieved of his duties in Detroit. And I think that for a lot of people, a lot of people like to blame the coach. And I think this is the first year where, you know what, it's, it's time to say, you know what, we thank you for developing some of our great young players, but now is the time that we're going to try to ascend and to ascend, we're going to do it without you. So I, and I think a lot of people, again, like I said, will be happy about that and are welcoming that, um, you know, to be able to do that. So final thoughts are that, and you can follow me on Twitter at sealdog 91. Oh, this is for Maddie. Apparently he likes how I say, sure. Uh, so uh, we're going <laughs> to, once I get, once I get my new computer, once I get my new computer, uh, we're going, which is ordered beautiful. I'm going to give a free plug uh, to cyber power PC because they're they have a spring sale going on right now it's fantastic so i gotta order a new computer it's gonna be in we're gonna start streaming on twitch pretty soon it'll make uh okay. recording stuff a lot easier and we'll do everything live just so look at everyone can see how much we fuck up during an episode because i do some episodes i do an awful lot of editing and uh, some episodes i don't last week real easy to edit this week should also be real easy to edit as long as we're not umming and uhing our way through stuff uh, real quick for my final thoughts for Cheesebag on Discord, rank the likelihood of Detroit Red Wings 2C next season out of the following. 
I am going to go Valeno as 2C next season unless we pick up Trocek. Trocek's also on his list. So say Valeno, Trocek, Suter, Rasmussen. You've actually got it in line. Kadri drops to the bottom because we're not going to pick him up. I don't even think new hooks available. Neither is Turcotte. Uh, Velarde would go uh, down toward the bottom. Cop would be next. So uh, Cop would be underneath Suter, and then you can fill in the rest because I don't think any of them are available. Think Valeno jumps Suter? Yeah, yep, I do, with the way he's played. Huh. Absolutely. Um, or at least I think he gets the chance starting next season to jump Suter. But, barring uh, no signings. Sure, yeah, barring the Trocheck signing. I think if there's a Trocheck signing, he jumps all the way to the top. Trocheck is my my want, but not probably the smartest because he's going to require a lot of money. He's already, what, 28. He's an older player. Uh, older in league standards. I'm 32. I would be like fucking Yaramir Yager. That's neither here nor there. Or you can follow me online at Bringing the Wig. You can follow Grindlight Podcast online at Grindlight Pod, which is also me. So if you tweet to that, it is me answering you. And Ryan, once in a blue moon, tweets from the podcast account. You can go to howieshockeytape.com and use the promo code GRINDLINE to get 10% off your order. You use that same promo code to bring hockey back to get 12% off your order. We're going to give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should ever, 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 ever in a million years get your Detroit stuff from Tigers stuff, Red Wing stuff, Pistons stuff, Lions stuff. Get it from Vintage Detroit. Lynn over there is amazing. We're going to be doing more stuff with them here pretty soon. We may... We may, and this is um, a may, I mean, it's been in talks for a while, be selling t-shirts through Vintage Detroit, which will be amazing. We are also going to have a website, and I'm going to just sort of throw it out because I already bought the domain. We're going to have a website soon, grindlinepodcast.com or grindlinepod.com. I don't remember which one I bought, but one of those we are going to have soon. I have to build the website out again. Once I get my computer, we're going to have a website. Yeah, that's great. Well- I'm going to bribe Sarah uh, on Twitter at Helmeroids with candy or something to curate memes for us to host on the website. Just have an entire gallery of memes <laughs> and posters I have made. It's going to be amazing. But yeah, you can follow them uh, at Vintage Detroit on Twitter. Uh, we also give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us at Hockey Podnet on Twitter and spreading our podcast all around and giving us a chance to reach a much larger audience. Merch, redbubble.com, search the grind line. It's all out there. That's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.